Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 179 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to give our predictions for the 2018-19 season. We're talking all of the major awards and the playoff races for each conference. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going very, very well, Brian, but I will have to warn you, if you say something to piss me off, I'm going to hang up and call you a motherfucker. (laughs) Doing your best Pat Riley impression? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the way how everyone just kind of denied that this happened right like no no obviously <laughs> obviously you did jimmy, obviously jimmy butler just needs to leak details to rachel nichols oh, man i i'm all in for the t wolves you know soap opera this year it's i love it it's truly spectacular we'll we'll touch upon them when we talk about the western conference mm-hmm. playoff race because it, at, as of now, I mean, we're recording this on the Saturday before the regular season starts. As of now, Jimmy Butler's still a Timberwolf. It seems like he's going to be a Timberwolf once they tip off the season Wednesday. And man, oh man, league pass alert for that crowd reaction. Yeah, yeah. Inner inner squad fight yeah. between Towns and, and Butler. Oh, man. It's, it's going to be good. There's a meme out, by the way, or, or a GIF that will turn into a meme. Of of uh, towns, just oh, looking, I saw, it, yeah, just yeah, extremely sad, yeah, completely, yeah. just like there's just no <laughs> blood reaching his brain at all. Right. Well, that's actually a perfect seg into the first award. Let's just start with MVP, and you know that towns gif uh, started because he was watching Giannis hang a thirty point triple double on his team in twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. In the preseason. And, mm-hmm. you know, credit to the Timberwolves for having looked lifeless all preseason. But I think when we start the MVP conversation, really in my book, there's four to five serious candidates this year. I think Steph and KD are going to siphon off votes from each other. So I, I think they're just going to be, you know, no, who cares? They're They're doing what's expected of them. So I think they're a little bit further back. So I think it's Giannis. I think it's Anthony Davis. I think it's Kawhi, LeBron, and then Harden. Mm. Where do you think? Where are you leaning for your pick? I I only did a top three, mm-hmm. um, and I actually said Giannis at one, Davis at two, and Harden at three. Mm. Um, 
And, and I, the reason I put Harden at three is because Houston is still going to win a lot and a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel, you know, you have Chris Paul, who's a year older. Mm-hmm. So maybe he takes a step back just a little bit more. Mm. And Harden is still like in his super duper prime. Sure. So I could just see his usage going crazy. And then he'll put up like, you know, similar numbers that he did two years ago. What, you know, that ridiculous, like, what was it? 30, 30 plus points, 8 plus rebounds, 11 plus assists. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if he does that again <laughs> while they win roughly 60 games. Yeah. I mean,. Yeah, then he's just in. But I could easily see a case being made for Kawhi as well. I mean, I have no problems with at all with that list. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the hesitation for Harden, with or with Harden for me, is, like, narrative-wise, I think everything fell into place for him last year. And this yeah. year, I think it'll be trickier. Like, if they take even a slight step back, you know, they won 65 games last year. If they go down to, like... 57 58 and he he would need to make up for that by putting up even more ridiculous numbers than he did last year so like to me he's i would probably put him like at five on my list and that's you know with all due respect to Harden, i just think the rockets are going to take a slight step back this year and the narrative Mm -hmm. isn't going to favor him um i'm interested i can see that well, you don't have LeBron in your top three. Is it just because you think he's like gonna put eighty percent effort into the regular season? Oh, if that. <laughs> Look, I mean, also just because like when he arrived in LA, he really had this attitude of you know, I, I, there's no pressure. Yeah, I'm just gonna like take away to see approach. I, I I think he's just gonna have fun now. Mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron is going. You know, oh, it's gonna be finals or bust. Mm-hmm. That's you know all I'm thinking about. I I think he's dead as tired yeah <laughs> to some extent and yeah, I, I i do think we've seen the last of mvp lebron mm. i don't think we'll ever see lebron win another mvp simply because he's like you said like 80 percent if, if that like mm-hmm. he's just going to coast through 82 games and probably not even gonna play 80 like i wouldn't even be surprised if he's like play 70 from here on out a year and then just goes eh, it's fine <laughs> I mean, I I hear that. I think if he's going to win another MVP, it's got to be this year. Just because, like, how narrative is not working in Harden's favor. It is with LeBron, like, him changing teams. You know, they're going to go from 35 wins to most likely the playoffs. So they're going to have a drastic uptick in wins. They're going to, like, in theory, having him around is going to make... Lonzo Ball better. It's gonna make Brandon Ingram better. It's gonna make Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma better. It's gonna make all these like random role players they sign this off season. All of those guys will look better because they play next to LeBron, just like we've seen, you know, in Cleveland and Miami before this. So mm-hmm. I think that's gonna even if he you know does kind of half ass it, like just the the narrative of oh the Lakers are back. Like LeBron single handedly right. changed their fortunes will work in his favor. I mean, I, I yeah. totally hear you on the, the half-assing part, and I that, you know, if you're betting against him, that's why. you're Because everything else is falling into place. I think, like, I'm optimistic that he's going to put a little more effort into the regular season than he did last year uh, for two reasons. One, mm. he probably knows he's not going to the finals this year. Like, yeah. he he had to conserve energy last year because he knew... 
it doesn't matter where we finish in the regular season, I could drag this lifeless corpse of a Cavs roster to the finals. <laughs> Two, he has to set an example for the young guys. Like, he, you know, mm-hmm. it, the Cavs were just a bunch of 30-somethings, so it's like you you can trust those guys to work in, like, the culture's already in place because you've been there for four years. You, like, turned that over in 2014. With the Lakers, he has to set the example for for the young guys and, like, show them what coming into work, being a professional, like, busting your ass every day is. So if he is right. half-assing it through the regular season, there's the risk that they do too because they take after him. So I, I think we're going to see a more motivated LeBron during the regular season than we have the last couple of years, if only because, like, look, the odds are against him getting out of the second round this year. <laughs> oh, God, that's so insane. I mean, when you really think about it, but it's true. But you're right. I'm, oh yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It's just it's it's incredible to think about. Yeah. But here's the thing: did did you notice yourself like how many times during the your your LeBron explanation there went into the narrative? Mm-hmm. That's why I have a problem with these awards. I, I know. Look, I'm just I'm just gonna say it out loud. You and I know our download numbers. Yeah. And this episode yearly is one of the most. You know, downloaded and 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 listened to, mm-hmm. which again to anyone out there, we appreciate greatly. Yes. Having said that, it's one of my, the least fun ones to record from my perspective <laughs> because I just hate the way <laughs> these awards uh, done. Yeah. Well, on the bright side, we do agree. You know, I like I was weighing LeBron at number one or Brow or Kawhi because I think you could make a real case for any of them, but like right now. I think Giannis is like I think he has the third best odds of anyone behind LeBron and Brow and to me that just feels like free money. Like Giannis just, is going to have yeah. a monster season. I cannot I think he's won. Yeah, like I can't underscore it enough. I agree. I have him at the top of my board. Yeah. I mean, look, he he may not have a specific narrative like oh, all right, if if we were to create a narrative for him, it's like the new coach. Right. Uh, open dub offense, like more spacing, whatever. Yeah. But that's all basketball related. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to have a monster season, and I think I I wouldn't be surprised to see if he doesn't win it. It would be because he may be be playing a little bit less, and mm. that you know his numbers may go a little bit down. Yeah. But his effectiveness and his overall feel for the game is just like you can already sense that in preseason. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's reached that point. That you and I talked about two years ago about Kawhi. Mm-hmm. He's reaching that point now where the game is slowing down. Yeah. He is reading every goddamn defense perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. He understands, oh, if I go here, that will have the effect that the defense move this way. That will open up a guy over here. And if I pass that to him, there's a there's an entry pass that's wide open, free money, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's just He's reading the game at such a high level right now. Yeah. I, I love it. And just from a purely production standpoint, I just think he's there. Yeah. I think he's there. Like, we already agree that he's going to come out and average at the very least, which is ridiculous to say, by the way, at the very, very least, like 25, 8, and 5. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's like being really, really conservative. <laughs> right. That's that's his floor, which makes no sense at all. No. No, it doesn't. And he's what, 23? I think he turns 24 in December. Dude. I know. Like, I, f- I feel so much better about what I said on the TJ McBride podcast about him being like the next face of the league. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, I yeah. completely agree. Like, I, I think 
as you said, I think the new coach narrative does play for him because the Bucks were somewhat underwhelming the past couple of years. And like mm-hmm. if they win fifty plus games, if they get the number three seed, that shows significant improvement. Like if they have an above average offense and actually look and play aesthetically pleasing basketball, it will be a marked style shift from what they were last year, where they were just yeah. like confounding and frustrating and relying on his supernova talent to carry yeah. them. And that you know, I think that's why you hire Mike Budenholzer in the first place. That's why what we've seen in the preseason, there's no reason to expect what we've seen in the preseason to not carry over to the regular season. Like, yep. this is not smoke and mirrors. Like, this is what we, you know, we have been saying this since Bud got hired. He loves pace. He loves three-pointers. It's a, like, that's not what the Bucks did last year. That's what Bud did every year in Atlanta. If he brought that system over, which is presumably why they hired him, Having Giannis and a bunch of shooters, it's like what the Cavs tried to do with LeBron. But, like, mm-hmm. you have a Chris Middleton, who's very good and very underrated, is probably going to make an all-star team. You know, you yeah. have, like, legit talent around him. Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Brooke Lopez, or Ilshan Ilyasova. Like, that Bucks team's going to be very good. We will talk about that when we get to the playoff predictions. But yeah. I think that all feeds into Giannis' MVP this year. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We yep. we agree there. I'm gonna guess for rookie of the year. We also agree. Yeah, yeah, we do. Do we? Re- do I mean? Like, I don't even need to go into it. Right. I've I've been talking about him so long. Yeah. Um, sh- so should we just go to number two? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So Luka Doncic, yeah. we both agree, is gonna be rookie. Of the oh year. come on! You ruined it. Like pe- people know. As, people knew. Right. Well, you know, just to clarify. Yeah. All right. Fair. I have Aiden second, yep, just because I think he's going to get so many opportunities, mm-hmm. and and that's not a slide on him. I look, I I was I was and am extremely high on Aiden, mm-hmm. but I do have a feeling that this year his stats are going to indicate that he's a little bit better than what he is right now, simply because of like the volume shots that he's going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, he he still has some issues, obviously, like defensively and and just reading the floor. Mm-hmm. But I would love for him to have a very 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 strong season, yeah. So he can look at that and and get the confidence going and build on that and really try to look at his game going. Okay, I can, I can I can do this on on a staple and and consistent basis. Now I just need to round out my game. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about him, uh, but but I do think he will have some inflated numbers this year just because the Suns are the Suns. Yeah, yeah, I I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, they just don't like. <laughs> I'm gonna hope the Suns are not gonna just give Tyson Chandler token minutes. Like I, I think they're keeping him on the roster mostly to serve as a veteran mentor to Aiton. But mm. like I know the Suns, you know, signed Trevor Ariza and traded for Ryan Anderson, and they're make, giving off all these signals that like they actually want to compete for the playoffs. They don't have a real point guard or an experienced point guard. They're going to get their brains beaten in. So hopefully by December, when reality sets in and they're like 8-20, and 20, they're just like, all right, <laughs> we're playing 8-35 and 35 minutes a night. There's nothing to lose. So, I mean, I think he's I, – I agree. He's going to have the – like he could have a, you know, 17-8, like Julio Okafor, his rookie year kind of stat line. 
Oh, I think he, I could. I even think he could go more than that. Like his rebounding is just so insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages like eleven rebounds right off the bat. He is that good on on the glass at least. But in in regards to Phoenix, you're right. I mean that it's a logical uh, NBA organization. They look. They wouldn't do something weird such as you know fire their GM right <laughs> after the summer. Right, five days like, before the or eight days before the yeah. regular season starts. <laughs> like, Obviously, no, no team would do that. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll see what 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 kind of direction they go in. Uh, obviously, Aiden will be affected greatly by whatever they decide to do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, but rest assured, I agree with you. If Tyson Chandler is getting minutes over Aiden, it's probably not great. <laughs> right. There, it serves no purpose, but sure, let's no. let's do it. Uh, who else do you think is in contention for the award? I have Trey Young at third. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so again, statistical production. Yep. Again, I, I, it's tough for me because I actually like Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kid around on this podcast, you know, with the Dantich trade. Yeah. I, I really like Trey Young. I'm yep. a Trey Young fan, but I don't, I don't think he's quite there physically mm-hmm. yet um he's very very slight he's not overly overly athletic um and and teams are going to look at him a lot and go hey you know what if we shut this guy down like he's their primary yeah uh, shooter slash playmaker you know we shut down the entire team and i think teams are going to go at him with that mindset which could really you know first of all it could hinder him statistically it could also hinder him from a from a confidence level at least initially mm-hmm. which i hope he's able to overcome because some rookies just get pounded on too too damn hard right to the point where they actually take a few years further to to develop properly so it's it's my hope that trey kind of breaks through all that mm-hmm. and still delivers in in a way that is meaningful for the franchise and him personally so he can move forward and become the player that we all hope that he will become yeah, I mean, he's the quintessential, like, big stats on bad team type of player, which, you know, we, we've seen in years past, like, Michael Carter-Williams won Rookie of the Year despite right. playing for the Sixers. Like, you you know, if if you put up raw numbers, people who aren't paying attention that much will vote for you. So I think yep. that will, will help Trey. And as you said, like, who else? <laughs> where else are they getting their offense? I mean, like, we love Torian Prince, we love Johnny Collins, but... Like, they are going to need him to be poor man's Donovan Mitchell for them. So I, I think mm-hmm. that that is a very possible, you know, I, he's going to put up big numbers. His, his shooting efficiency is going to be god-awful. Like, I would be very surprised if he's above, like, I mean, frankly, above 40%. But, you know, 41, right. 42, it's, like, that's probably the best-case scenario. But if he's still putting up, like, 17 points, 8 assists, somewhere around there, you know, that, that'll get him some votes. It wouldn't surprise me, Marvin Bagley too, but I just have no faith in the Kings too. Oh no, no, that would surprise me. Yeah. That would, yeah, definitely not, definitely not. And then Wendell Carter, I could see if they move Robin Lopez, especially right at the trade deadline, I could see him, you know, with marketing out as well for the first month or two of the season. Maybe that's right. just like I really like the kid's talent and I think he's really good, but you know, I, I could see him being a a sneaky dark horse for the award. I am, as you know, all in mm-hmm. on Wendell. But yeah, look, he's and he's looked good at summer league or summer league at preseason. Uh, he he did look good at summer league too, but not in a way that would project him to be a high level statistical output player. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and that is where like we need to somehow bridge, you know, statistical impact mm-hmm. and non-statistical impact. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just going to lean towards the latter. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance uh let's go to defensive player of the year now i think this one i mean there are leading candidates i feel like the guys who have finished in the top two or three the last couple years are the obvious ones i don't think there's like a clear cut favorite for this award though do you yeah i do still go bear yeah okay Uh, i mean look that guy is uh, he he wanted last year with playing 56 games yeah him fully healthy for a full year, which we all hope to, mm-hmm. to you know, to, to see him be, and and he's just such an engaging presence defensively. Yeah, like the way that he changes and blocks shots around the rim, his length, like the the ground he can cover off the weak side mm-hmm. when he rotates. It's it's basically here's here's what I thought about recently. I, I was kind of looking at Giannis. You know, for the MVP stuff, mm-hmm. and I kind of and I kind of you know went into the mindset with with Giannis like defensively, he's basically if you put all the energy that Giannis puts in offensively, you put that that into all defense. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically Rudy Gobert. Mm. Yeah, in that sense, with the length, yeah. like he's he's a defensive minded Giannis in in that sense of how special he is. Right, like he's that good. He has that defensive presence. Um. I, I just I think you need to beat him off the the, the first spot. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's coming in as the favorite. That's not saying someone can't knock him over. Yeah. Like if Kawhi comes back with a vengeance, right. oh yeah, yep. like that could be there. If Joel Embiid just plays a little bit more, stays fully healthy, and if he reengages a little bit more defensively, and he's already a great defender, mm-hmm. then he could do it too. Yeah. If Draymond decides, well, you know what? We also got Boogie, <laughs> right. and I don't need to take more than five shots. I'll just be Rodman 2.0. Yep. Like, yeah, he could do it too, but just make <laughs> make no mistake about it. You have to go through Rudy Gobert first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those, are the, those four were on my list, and then Anthony Davis as well. I think just him yeah, playing full-time center is going to, you know, he's just going to put up, like, monster rebound block numbers you know right I, but he's also gonna have to average 30 yeah that's my concern is like are the pelicans i, I think that the whoever wins this award is you're <laughs> gonna have to anchor a top five defense just because there are gonna be yeah. so many good candidates this year hell you can even throw al horford out there like it wouldn't totally surprise me if he finishes in the top three of this but that could be yeah i mean it will i think you're right it will come down to health I, you know i mean frankly it kind of did last year with you know, had Embiid not broken his face, <laughs> uh, I think he probably, just because he would have had such a larger advantage over Gobert in terms of games played, that would have been a much closer award, or he might have even won it. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm torn between Gobert and Kawhi, to be totally honest. Like, I, I think Gobert really is the system in Utah. Without him, they have 
probably a league average defense. I mean, he is yeah. like he is that transcendent on defense, and I think you're right that that does favor him. Um, that said, like if Ka- I mean Kawhi's already a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, if he yeah, comes back good. and like the upgrade defensively from him. Or, like from DeRozan <laughs> to him, it's just yeah. gonna be so stark in Toronto, you know. Yeah. Like I think Gobert is the safe pick. It's like because we we know what to expect out of him. Kawhi's kind of like the high risk, high upside pick. Where mm-hmm. like look, he's looked really good in the preseason. I mean, I hope he's over this quad thing. It's risky to pick him. I wouldn't place money on betting like on this race at all, but. I'd be very nervous to place money on Kawhi for this because yeah. who knows if he stays healthy all year. Like, you've got the free agent distraction coming up. I mean, but, like, man, it's, you know, going back to the narrative, like, there's a very easy narrative to construct for Kawhi to win this award. Yeah. I, I had Kawhi fourth mm-hmm. simply because of the quad. Yeah. Because I don't know. That's fair. I mean, we just don't know yet yeah. if he's fully healthy. If he is, like, just automatically he jumps up to two right. on my list. Yeah. yeah. And Embiid, I think, you know, he's come out and said, like, this is the first offseason I've been healthy. I think that is going to help with his conditioning. So, mm. like, you know, knock on wood, he does stay healthy the whole year. And shot selection, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of that comes down to conditioning. And I think he's yeah. he should be in the best shape that he's been in. Entering a season yet. Knock, nice. Knock on wood. All right, sixth man of the year. Another one where, like, there are a lot of good candidates for this award. Mm-hmm. Who do you, who are you, like, weighing between? I, I well, I have three names that, you know, only one of you, only one of them are you going to, like, nod your head at. Okay. Because that's Isaiah Thomas. Sure. But I don't, I don't have Isaiah at number one. I actually have Bobby Portis. Ooh, wow, okay. Because Portis, he is looking excellent. Yeah. Like, he's been so damn effective um, this this preseason. And he's always been very, very gifted mm-hmm. offensively. Like, mm-hmm. he's a great scorer. And he's also a great rebounder. So I think when you combine the two, he's not a great defender, and uh, that's that's a problem. But that's also why he's a bench player. Right. I mean, you, you don't find a fully-fledged all-around player on the bench who can also defend and, you know, whatever, because right. that guy's an all-star. <laughs> right, right. But Portis is, is a high-statistical output player who can score and rebound at, at, at an elite level. Mm-hmm. He's, his jump shot is has always been decent, but it's now turning into becoming downright good. Mm-hmm. Um, he finishes around the basket, he gets to the line, and he converts. So... I have a feeling that he's going to put up some major numbers and be one of those staple uh, players in Chicago. Because unlike Jabari Parker, who's <laughs> going to be very unstable, right. and you, you know, you have Wendell Carter, who's who's a rookie and 19 years old, he's not always going to perform consistently. Sure, I, I think Bobby is just going to come in and be that very solid presence off the bench, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he like finishes the year with like 17 and nine. Is Bobby going to start at the four while Markkanen's out? Well, the plan was that, you know, Jabari Parker would start at the four. Right. They tried that, yeah. and it went horribly. <laughs> right. And then, then they they moved him to the bench, and Portis started at the four over the past two games. And the defense and the offensive symmetry just looked so much better. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he may start when with marking it out, and that will definitely hurt his chances. See, I think that might even help his chances because then it, it goes back to like he could put up bigger numbers as a starter just in like that higher minutes load than he'll get once marketing returns. And then yeah. again, for like the voters who aren't really paying attention, they'll just like uh, at the yeah. end of the season, they'll look and be like, holy shit, this guy averaged, you know, 15 yeah. and whatever, instead of yeah. like looking at the splits from starters and bench. So well, that, that, that's an interesting point. That could be. Yeah. So my third guy, he's very, very young. Okay. He's very young. Oh boy. But Malik Monk. Oh wow, that's out of left field. Okay. Yeah, I know. Look, I mean, he's twenty. Yeah. So obviously, he's still going to be inconsistent. Sure. But that last year that he had his rookie season, like obviously, like he was jerked around minutes wise. Mm-hmm. But there's just no denying that he's such a dangerous offensive player. Yeah. Like he his his jump shot is pure it's just a matter of getting the right shots Mm -hmm. so his basketball iq will need to improve but i wouldn't be surprised one bit if he found his rhythm like around christmas he might he may start start slow Mm -hmm. and then around christmas time like he starts cooking off the bench like Mm -hmm. really cooking because that that charlotte team can handle another high level score yeah like that that, (laughs) they need one so I think he's going to be one of those guys who just kind of materialize out of thin air mm. and just start shooting. And then I think they're going to stick with Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they're – like, he, he if he hits, you know, if he takes a big step forward, right. it's possible. I think if he does that, he'll probably have a better case at most improved player than he will six-man of the year, though. Not according to Matt Moore, who we had on – Oh, because yeah, you can't do it for second, second year players. Yeah. yeah. Or was it last year? No, last year. Yeah. It wasn't two years ago. Yeah. It was last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> full disclosure, I do not have Malik Muck on my list. I, like again, or, or Bobby Portis. Or Bobby Portis. I, I think it's it's tough. Like I can <laughs> for all of my guys I can make a case against them better than I can make a case for them. Which probably doesn't <laughs> speak well. Like Isaiah Thomas, I think if he's healthy to start the season it's yeah. his to lose just because he's going to put up such big numbers off the bench. But, like, who knows if he's healthy or, like, how many games he plays. That hip still concerns me. Tyreek Evans, I think, you know, you've talked about the concerns mm. about, like, how long does it take for him to develop chemistry with Victor Oladipo. I think that's fair. But if he is that, like, second unit kind of fulcrum, I think he, oh, yeah. he's going to have the opportunity to put up big numbers in Indiana. Um, Agreed. Eric Gordon. Again, that one I'm just not sure what the Rockets plan to do. Like, is he going to be eligible for the award? Is he going to start at the three in like a small ball lineup? I, you know, it, that part's unclear to me. But yeah. if he comes off the bench, I think he'll be right in the mix again. JJ Redick, same deal. Like I, you know, right now he is coming off the bench, but Brett Brown's already tinkering with like maybe he starts the second half. So. Who knows how that goes. If he does come off the bench all year, again, I think he'll have a chance just based on the numbers he puts up. And then same deal with Lou Williams with the Clippers. Like, right now, he's going to come off the bench behind um, Beverly and Bradley, I assume. But Mm. neither of those guys uh, is the picture of health. So it would not surprise me if he is started enough games to not be eligible for the award. So... 
like gun to my head right now, I'd probably take Tyreek. Uh, yeah. If you could promise me IT4 had 70 games in him, I would take him. But like right. of those five, I, you know, <laughs> just based on the uncertainty with all of them, I think Tyreek is the safest play. But like, this is another one I would be very nervous to bet on unless you're getting good odds because it, it just feels completely wide open. So also noted in this, like I, I went with Portis and Malik Bonk, both offensive-minded players. Yeah. And I did so intentionally yep. because that's how voters look at it, and I hate that. Yep. But I have a guy, Brian, who I wanted to bring up. Okay. Uh, simply because I knew that we were both going to, you know, select offensive-minded players. Mm-hmm. OG and Anobi. Yeah. He'd be a good one. So here's the thing about OG. Okay. He's not going to have a flashy stat line. Yep. He's not going to come off the bench and go for 30 like every third game. Right. But he's going to come off the bench and he's going to be one of the better perimeter defenders in the league who can also switch over to guarding, you know, bigs mm-hmm. in the post. He's going to be one of those very versatile defenders who can hit a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. And he's going to by just the virtue of those two capabilities be extremely important. To the Raptors. Yes. Yet, at the end of this, if at the end of this year, even if everything I just said about him holds true, I will guarantee you, Brian, there's not gonna be a damn vote for him. Yeah. For six man. Oh yeah. But I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. You like when you're choosing candidates for these awards, you have to look at historical precedent and like look at. You're right. It's like for six man of the year, it's usually who is the top scoring guard. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I'm still pissed. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But, like, that's how it is. So when you're making these picks, like, you have to keep that in mind, which is why we went for offensive-minded right. players. Like, Austin Rivers is another guy in Washington. He could be, like, poor man, poor mm-hmm. man's Lou Williams for them. But, again, like, <laughs> I'm not convinced Wall or Beal make it through the whole season, so he could end up starting too many games and make him ineligible. I mean, I'm still pissed by 2014. You know this, Tosh Gibson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's just the that's just the perfect example yeah. for this whole thing. Yeah. Iguodala, I forget if it was last season or like two years ago. He had a real legit case, and I think Lou Williams yeah. won it over him, or Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I believe like so. The sixth time. Yeah, well, one of those two definitely. But yeah, that was yeah. Iggy had a really good year a couple years ago coming off the bench. Like, but nobody really paid attention to him because. Like, oh, he's averaging seven points. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, that didn't matter at all. Like, he came in, he was just all switchy. Yeah. Like, you would, would guard point guards, and then on the next possession, he would guard a four. Right. Like, right. <laughs> this exactly. is ridiculous. And he would initiate the offense, and like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's it's a dumb award. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Coach of the Year. This one, like, <laughs> I know you choose Pop every year. Mm-hmm. Are you choosing Pop again this year? So, yeah, but but this time I have a, a a more fleshed out argument than he's the greatest of all time and should end up with more. Okay. So we agree that the Spurs right now are just completely depleted. Yeah. And we agree that the Phoenix Suns actually have a better point guard rotation than they do right now, right? Well, <laughs> talent-wise, just because, you know... <laughs> All of their point guards are hers, basically. Like, you know, we, right. we were talking last episode about who starts a point guard. You said Derek White, and then Derek White is now out for six to eight weeks. Right. So it's like Patty Mills, and then literally, I do not know. 
Right. Um, so let's assume that the Spurs make the playoffs mm-hmm. with this roster, or, you know, with with you know severely depleted point guard depth. Right. Basically, solely relying on four key players, <laughs> key players, yeah, like DeRozan, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, and, pa- and Pau Gasol. Yeah. Like first of all, Pau Gasol is like sixteen million years old. Right. The, he should not be mentioned in any core Correct. in the current climate of the NBA. Correct. Rudy Gay is returning, well, not now, but last year was returning from a very difficult Achilles injury. Yeah. And he's 32 this year, mm-hmm. I want to say. I Yeah, he is, because he's this, this is from the same year as me. That's not great. <laughs> That's not a great you know core in that sense. Obviously, DeRozan and Ulrich... Yeah, that that's just that's fine. That's very very good. Mm-hmm. But Aldridge himself is like what, thirty three this year. Um, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, I mean, you're he's he's from eighty five, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, your point. This is like that. This is a legit case for Pop. Is like if this team, based on yeah. what they have, like no other coach could get this team to the playoffs. That's exactly right. Like, if Pop takes this team to the playoffs, uh, I feel that he should not just win Coach of the Year. Yeah. Like, he should get some sort of self-create... The NBA should create a new award <laughs> just for this this season alone, just as a way of congratulating him for what he's just done. Yeah. Like, he should get, like, a statue outside every stadium. <laughs> just as a reminder, so every coach in the league who drives out looks at that statue going, well... I'm not as great as him. Actually, just put the statue in front of whatever team finished ninth <laughs> as a reminder <laughs> that like you were far more talented and you still got outcoached because Craig Popovich oh. is the best coach of all time. Oh god. Yeah. And and obviously at second and he's probably gonna win, Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I mean look, Brad is great and we need to recognize I we all do, or most do. Yeah. Some don't. Some look at the roster and go, "Oh well, he's a product of the roster." No, it's it's the other way around. Right. Well, he's he's great. Yep. Uh, I I only left it left it up to those two. I mean, there are other candidates. I could mention Brett Brown, for example. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's those two, and then there's a gap. There's like the Grand Canyon of gaps. What about Bud? No, I like I love Bud. Yeah. But I still feel that there's a significant like. It's a step between those two. I think when Pop retires, mm-hmm. it's going to be Brad Stevens. Yep. And it's going to be like, again, the Grand Fucking Canyon. Yeah. And then it's going to be everyone else. in, And then it's going to be in tears. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, I have Brad and, and, or Pop and Brad in that order. So I left Pop off of mine just because I, I just don't know how this team makes the playoffs. Spoiler for I don't either. That's... discussion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you. If they do, he right. wins by a landslide. But, like, I... Should, should win, at least. Right. I just yeah. don't have confidence, just based on the injuries alone. This is nothing against, like, Spurs fans. Like, I, I just feel bad for you guys at this point. Because, yeah. like, this just sucks. I You know, we hate to see injuries this early in the season that, like, shape the course of your entire season. And, like, look, I, I know they... Won 47 games last year. They had Kawhi for nine. You add DeMar DeRozan in. You know, he can handle a lot of the creation. So, like, they're not totally screwed. But just between all the turnover and, like, the defensive concerns, if Pop does it, yeah. kudos to him. He deserves to win by a landslide. 
I actually have Bud winning because I think, St- like Stevens, I think is you're right. He's he's gonna be like second on most lists or even first on a lot of lists. But I think there's gonna be an adjustment period for the Celtics just to get all of those guys, especially like Hayward's, you know, coming off that big injury. He's already said he's having like some back issues. It doesn't sound like anything major, but you know, just like getting him back into the flow, getting Kyrie back into the flow, figuring out the balance of touches between all of those guys. Like I think they're going to be the second or third best team in the NBA by the end of the season. I think it's going right. to take some time. I think Bud's what Bud has going for him is like we saw Boston. They we know the amount of talent they have. So I think that works against Stevens as you kind of alluded to. Like you know, people will say like, "Well, shit." I mean, he has three all stars and two like should be all stars and a like fantastic one of the best benches in the league. Like, of course, this team should win fifty games or sixty games. But I think you've got the narrative again of like you upgraded from Jason Kidd to Mike Budenholzer, and like look at how different this team looks. Look at how much better they are. Right. So I think that's working his favor. I also think Quinn Snyder in Utah. Because, like, there's a non-zero chance the Jazz finish as the number two or number three seed in the West. Because if, like, you know, last year after Gobert came back, I think they finished, like, I forget the exact record. It was, like, something like 26-8 and or 26-9. and Like, they just annihilated teams in the second half of last year. So if they hit the ground running this year and they stay healthy, I don't know. I think he's going to get some love. I hope he does because he deserves it. Mm. I, I, I can agree with you on all those points. All of them. And that is in, in, entirely fair. Having said that, Spurs playoffs, yeah. still pop. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's a different thing for me as well because you're coming in with the narrative. Yeah. I have I, I have this thing with Coach of the Year voting or just the, the awards specifically. Mm-hmm. I want to reward the actual best coach in the game. Yeah. Because this is not like the most valuable coach because that can change from year to year just as it can player. Mm-hmm. We don't have a player of the year or greatest player award. Right. Coach of the year is can mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. It can mean who is the best coach this year, yeah. who is the most influential coach this year, who is the most valuable. So I've just decided from in my perspective – to look at that award is who's the best coach. Yeah, that's fair. And that's why I want to give it to the best coach until he retires. And then afterward, it's probably Brad Stevens, and it will be for the next 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We really need, like, a secondary field of awards, I feel, (laughs) in some ways. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have come together to create a better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders encircling you with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Uh, all right, let's 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 do most improved player. This one's, again, yeah. like, you know, we're, we're looking at precedent. It's usually a guy, a younger guy, who has walked into significantly more opportunity. So I want to preface, mm. preface this discussion with that. All right. Who do you have? Well, Who are you considering? Well, my guy actually played 26 minutes last year. Okay. So I think he'll play just a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I think his per 36 numbers are going to explode. Mm-hmm. Karius Levert. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, look, he yeah, he's he's an all around he's a growing all around player. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a very good playmaker. He just he needs a little bit on on the glass to really become that all around, you know, the, the classical 25-5 guy. Right. But he's got the potential to be one of the most uh important players on Brooklyn. And he even has the the chance as ridiculous as it sounds to become what D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually outperform the second overall pick from 2015. I was going to say, like, if you're looking at most approved candidates in Brooklyn, I think most people would lean toward D'Angelo. So I like, yeah. but I love the Levert pick. I think they're yeah. very high on him there. And he should have been a lottery pick be. if not for his injury concerns. Like, yeah. it, it, they, you know, the Nets are in that weird place where, like, we don't know if they have a single player who's like a long-term franchise centerpiece. Like I think they hope right. Russell could be that guy, but Levert could also be that guy. I, and Jared Allen. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I'm with you. I think if Levert takes a big step forward, I, I think he could have, he could very well be in this race. Um, yep. I know you're gonna hate my pick, but all right. <laughs> but I will say. You know, yeah. last year, like, I know you hate the idea of, like, a top 10 or a top 5 pick winning this award. Because... Yeah, yeah, a, a lottery pick is right. what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. But Brandon Ingram, I think, is going to win. And I think it's mm-hmm. going to be because LeBron makes him that much better. Yeah, narrative, narrative. I get exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, but, like, I people know. are still... And even on basketball Twitter, people are not sold on Brandon Ingram. Like, a lot of people think he's just not that good. And I think this is the year where he comes out and is like, no, I was just right. super young. I was miscast in this like number one scorer role. Put me next to LeBron James and I'm going to be a very good number two. Right. Okay. So the, the Brendan Ingram thing, I agree with you that the, the backlash for Ingram has gotten too heavy. Yeah. Um, you and I have always been... Uh, I, I remember you and I have had several conversations about Ingram, and I feel you and I were very much online in terms of his like career path. Yeah, like he he could probably he would probably be an All Star. Yeah, but I I remember always making the Lou Dang comparison, like a two time All Star, maybe three time All Star, something like like that, right. but not necessarily a perennial All NBA candidate. Yeah, like if he I, I think he's still on that path, but I will say that he's played so well in preseason and he's taking like responsibility of his role to the extent where. I can see now that the field is a little bit more open for him to to spread his wings, mm-hmm. and it all depends on how will how far he's willing to take it. Like how how much does he actually want to go out there and say, you know what, I I am the motherfucking next KD. Right. Like let's be honest, because that was the comparison being thrown around earlier. Yeah. Um. So, but but yeah, again, like, like you alluded to, he's the second overall pick. Yeah, I know. I mean. But, yeah. like, Victor Oladipo won it last year. I know, Brian. And, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that's no, what he, it is. He was the clear choice last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying otherwise. I'm just saying, like, he had already had a year where, two years, I feel, where he's averaged, like, over 17. It was just a question of him actually rounding out his game, becoming more of that, this, you know, leading guard. Right. Uh, or leading man, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I accept that, and I will also say as much. I've improved because <laughs> I realized that some players can, you know, be drafted in the lottery, maybe be miscast, and then it it's fair 
if they become better. Mm-hmm. And that's why I actually have a former top 10 pick second on my list. Ooh, who? Justice Winslow. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, mostly because we already have this idea in our heads, most of all, you know, most of us, mm-hmm. that Winslow was certainly not the guy that we anticipated right. coming in. He was he was looked at as this uh, scorer, like this this small pure small forward scorer who could, you know, be a switchy defender, but he would still drain a lot of threes. Like he would still get into the teeth of the defense. He would draw fouls. Like he would be a a high level offensive player overall. That that was the expectation coming in. Like he only averaged a little over twelve points at Duke, but like everyone said, oh, he's raw. He's mm-hmm. gonna come in. He's gonna score the basketball. I, I even remember articles coming in from his. You know, from from college to his first season, people were like, "Oh, he's already going to be like a, a much better scorer. Like he's improved." Mm-hmm. And then so far, his career high has been just under eleven points a game. Right. So uh, th- that expectation didn't really come into place, but he kind of morphed into something else. Yeah. And I think that's fair because you also have to play the system that you're in. You also have to play your role, and you have to understand. Oh, okay, the team needs me to do something else. But now the Heat are just looking for a guy to take on a responsibility further in in terms of defense and offense Mm -hmm. there's what i mean is there's an opening there to be the guy yep and yeah i know they're trying to trade for jimmy and all that but assuming they don't i think winslow could easily be that guy that comes in and say okay you know what we we have a need here we have a need for for something specifically and i'm gonna fill that need Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and then he's gonna yeah well i was just gonna say like i've talked about repeatedly since really last season, like him in that point forward role, I think really right. unlocked something for him. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the year where he just something's gonna click. Mm-hmm. And again, if we don't know statistical output as well, like I wouldn't even be surprised if Winslow comes out next year and averages like you know 12 points. But look, it, what if those 12 points are insanely efficient? Mm-hmm. And he's just balancing, you know, playmaking, scoring, rebounding, defense. Like, that. that's an overall very improved player. Right. Even if his statistical output isn't, you know, 17 points a game in 21 minutes or something ridiculous. Like, yeah. and, and, and that is why, again, awards <laughs> suck, I know. Brian. I know. Because that's the problem with his case is, like, I agree. He's, he's, he will be vastly improved, I think. And congratulations to him also. He'd reached an extension with the Heat three years, $39 yeah. million, which is great. Great deal. Yeah. Great deal. Yeah. Um, so at least he like has contract security now, which is also awesome. Uh, I They have so many guys who are going to need minutes and put up numbers that like just by virtue of that, his statistical output, as you alluded to, will be smaller than some of the other guys like it it will be hard for him based on that to you know even if he improves more as a player than brandon ingram does brandon ingram's gonna have the per game case over justice winslow or like a jamal murray as well you know like jamal murray's gonna put up numbers this year he like he might He he might not have improved as much as a basketball player as justice winslow did or miles turner you know, like all, right. all of those guys, I think are in contention for the award, just because. And like, look, I know they're all former lottery picks, but like again, you know, look, look at the list of the last, you know, eight or nine winners. You have Victor Oladipo, 
You have CJ McCollum, who was 10th, I believe. Mm. You have Paul George, who was 9th or 10th. You have Kevin Love, who was 4th. Like... You had Jimmy, who was 30th, which is why I fell in love with that award in that sense. Right, yeah, right. I get it. And, and Daryl Armstrong back in the day. Yeah. And, like, Giannis was 15th, which is, you know, closer. But, like, T-Mac won the award. You know, it's not... You're allowed to win the award. Hito Turkoglu won the award. Like, it, it... Again, we need a different award, then. We need a different definition of the award. I... Oh. You're, you're making me hate my own selection of, of Justice Winslow right now, Brian. I just love this episode, because it makes you so mad. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. It's really weird, like, and especially because now we have a fucking award show. Yeah, yeah. That nobody watches. I, I, I remember raising this point with you. Like, I don't remember the award winners as much anymore because of the award show. As, because I don't watch that award show, Brian. I'm, not, I'm never going to watch it because I don't want to get fired. I will say nothing about the award show. I think it's a great idea. Good job, Turner. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, all right. I see how it is playing the company card. Yeah. 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 All right. Play that. Yeah. I like being gainfully employed card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on before we hit playoff predictions. Quickly, we'll do executive of the year. Well, wait a second. I have. I had another oh, MIP candidate. Okay. Hit me. Yeah. A Spurs guard. Oh, right. <laughs> That's it. A Spurs guard. You don't know <laughs> which one. But a Spurs. Whoever stays healthy. Whoever avoids the Russian roulette that's going on in Spurs land. <laughs> it could be Brent Forbes. Yeah. Could be Marco Bellinelli despite the oh, age 32. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, like, they have, it's, again, they I'm laughing. I feel, yeah, right. I'm feeling sorry for Spurs fans, yeah. obviously. This is not, like, <laughs> taking the piss on them, but they're just so depleted from from a guard perspective like someone someone will have to come out of nowhere to average 15 i'm looking at Bryn Forbes yeah come on Bryn that that would actually if he does do that he would be a very good like super off the radar mip pick oh he could he's good yeah. like nobody's talking about him he's good yeah all right yeah. executive of the year all right hit me Palinka, yeah. get LeBron, man. Yeah. I don't care. Like, you, you, look, I know you're you're gonna fabricate a list right now to keep this segment going <laughs> just a little bit further. Hey, you know more? We also have these guys over here who did this and this and that. I don't care. Yeah. Did they get LeBron? No. Yep. He got LeBron. So, mm mm mm. Let's let's just move on. I mean, I, Palinka, I'm with you. I think he wins it. Like Bob Myers could for getting Boogie, but like really right. What you know, he just Bookie recruited himself, yeah, exactly. And Sam Presti for getting out of Mello, getting Dennis Schroeder. See, now you're doing it already. Re signing Paul George was actually big, but like, I, I don't think it was. I don't think you win the award. Like, it, it usually it goes to the one who the guy who made like the highest impact free agent acquisition or highest impact trade. Mm. You know, who should win the award, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> For providing us a month of entertainment. <laughs> All right, that that segment I like. I, I can appreciate that. Look, it's honestly so. So I was actually thinking about this, but that was just like in a purely comical sense. Sure. Like, just imagine for a second the non-trade that you make. Like, let's assume for a second that Townsend Wiggins wake up one morning and just go, "Well, shit, Jimmy's right." And and just be to be frank here. Like in terms of like the hard work and all that, right. Jimmy is right. I know oh, people yeah. are crapping on Jimmy, but no, like no, let's just right. 
yeah, he's right. I even I wrote an, uh, an whole article on this on Patreon. Like Jimmy's right. Like you can hate him for being a bad leader. You right, can hate for him being a for being a dick. You can yeah. hate him for all these things. But he's like he's not wrong in anything well, he said. Paul George came out last night and said it. He said like, yeah. look, he, he's right. Like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew yeah. Wiggins have more talent than him. They aren't. They just yeah. don't work hard enough to put it to use, which right. is fair. And I, right. I like. To Jimmy's point, I get it. I would also be pissed off if I worked that hard to get to that level. I don't think he's expressing himself in the most productive way. But agreed. Like if these guys really are dogging it, and like that probably frustrates him because he's probably like, "Yo, if I was born with your talent, I would be LeBron James. Bust your ass. Come to the weight room. Exactly. Like work out. Do better." So, so assuming that these kids. Just wake up one morning and realize Jimmy's right. Yeah. And they suddenly begin to get along. Mm. And Minnesota and Jimmy starts to, like, fall in love again. Right. Like, Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau, like, hash out their differences. Mm-hmm. Like, should should that, should that Thibodeau and Scott Layden <laughs> be considered for this just by not pulling the trigger on a deal? No. Like, could you imagine? No. In no way. No, no, no. I, I agree with you on the server, but I, I, I feel there is... Sort of a benefit also to to not making a specific trade. Yeah. Like sometimes people will come down hard on a GM mm-hmm. for you know uh, you didn't make this trade whatever right. and then that, that was like not Danny by Ainge not make every year. For example, and then Danny Ainge kept his assets. Yeah. And he made those assets grow. Yep. And you know it turned out great. Yeah. So I I feel there is some sort of forgotten perspective where we're not really looking at. You know the GMs who played the long game, mm-hmm. where we're just looking at, hey, what have you done for me lately? Right. But obviously, that's all negated by the fact that Rob Pelinka got LeBron James because right. it's fucking LeBron James. And that but, also took years of planning. Like they've had their eyes did. on 2016 for a while. Oh, you mean 2018? Oh yeah, sorry, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I too wish I was only 30. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think Tibbs. I, just because this has turned into such like an embarrassing, festering wound for the organization, right. even if it turns out well, then you also like Jimmy's gone after next year. You, what? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he has a as about as much of a chance to win it as Brian Colangelo does. <laughs> no, I, and I get that. I, it was more of a point. No, it's not, that no Brian Colangelo jokes are never too soon. Good. But it's just like more of a point yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know GMs who just played the long game. And by the way, I will say this, and and because I have to say it, mm. if Masai Ujiri trades for Jimmy, mm. like he he tops my list because then he acquired Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler. Oh, that's true. And you know Ooh, what? Masai that, is a good one actually. Yeah. Well, he he gave look. I, I get it, but you also gave up like Demar, so you yeah. know, and and, and you you're running a risk of Kawhi's quad still being a thing right so that's why i didn't include him yeah. i think he should like on the surface just looking at it from a talent perspective yeah mm-hmm. he should be included but there are just so many unanswered questions however if he gets jimmy on 10 cents of the, on the dollar true sh- yeah sure like that beats out lebron Kawhi and jimmy yeah, yeah that beats lebron 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. All right, let's run through our playoff predictions now. Uh, let's start in the West. Oof. I'm going to assume. So difficult for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to assume we have the Warriors at number one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, just, just so listeners out there are aware, you actually prepared uh, some playoff predictions here. I did mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So I'm coming in a little bit cold on this one. Okay. I, I, on the other hand, plan for all NBA teams that we did not end up talking about. So, yeah. But I'll, I'll run, Great planning us. <laughs> I'll run through mine then, <laughs> and then you can tell me where I'm wrong. That sounds good. I agree with that. That's a lot better. Thank you. So I've got Houston still at number two. And I, I'm going to preface this all by saying two through eight, I feel good about. I feel good about these teams making the playoffs. I'm right. sketchy on the seats, but I, okay, I think that's fine. I have Houston two, I have Utah three, right. Denver oh, four, nice. yeah, OKC five, the Lakers nice. six, the Pelicans right. seven, and then I would have had the Spurs in there, but because they're dead, Blazers at eight, and then I had can dig that. Spurs nine, Clippers ten, Memphis eleven, Minnesota. Look, if if what you say is, you know, what you allude to happens and they keep Jimmy and, like, those guys actually play hard, I think they bump out Portland. I just have no confidence right. in... No, no, no. Like, no. That I have I, them... I was mostly kidding. Yeah, but, right. But yeah. I, I have them 12th right now just because I think, like, based on what we've seen, they are just in a world of hurt right now. I mean, they, they don't they care. And if your two best players don't care, you're not going to win many games. So, so did, did you ever watch... Uh... Yeah, it's like like Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and you know Disney had a lot of shows back in the day. Tailspin. Yeah, yeah. That should be the theme for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It really this year. should. It really, yeah. really should. Yeah. All right. We told you yeah. to pound the I under for the Timberwolves, by the way, on our over under yeah. episode. <laughs> we rightfully called just slam the under. Yeah. I'm I'm basically on board with that. I personally hope that's just a you know an emotional reaction. I hope that the Spurs get in. Yeah. Because I just yeah I, I just don't like the thought of Pop not making the playoffs. Right. And I that's, I also hate the Blazers, so I also hope the Spurs get in. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the Blazers as much as you do. Yeah. Um, but I think you're pretty spot on in terms of at least who who's in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I agree with you. Like seats right now. Like the regular season hasn't even started. Like there are going to be injuries. You know, yeah. guys who may struggle. Like you, I always feel like when you, when when people generally are going on about you know seats, mm-hmm. like during the preseason, like no, just mention who you think are going to be in the playoffs, and right. then you can take it from there. Uh, and I agree mostly with your your list. I, I or I agree entirely with it, but just hope that you know San Antonio comes in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, injuries... Look, if OKC... If you could tell me Russell Westbrook is healthy for 82 games and you tell me Roberson's back by, like, God, early December at this point, I'd probably move them above Denver. But, you know, like, I think they are going to be 
much better than they were last year. They are fifth on my list just because of the injuries. Like, you, right. you just don't know when either of those guys are going to be back, frankly. And, like, they have the talent to withstand it in the short term. But, look, the West is, I mean, outside of Phoenix and Sacramento, and even those two teams aren't, like, completely dead in the water. They're just, you know, they're, I, they're the ones I feel very confident are not going to make the playoffs. But, like... Right, there like are Dallas and Memphis. Yeah, but that like the Memphis is still going to be a hard game. There are no. Yeah, no, no that's what I mean. Yeah, like those even Memphis and Dallas are like competitive. Right, they they could be on the bubble. Yeah, like I know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's like OKC could slip a bit, especially in the early going, because like it's right. just you, there aren't many layup games in the NBA this year. Like the Knicks right. without Kristaps, that should be a win. You know, the the Hawks should be a win. Like, Phoenix yeah. and Sacramento should be a win. Dallas, Dallas could be good. Like, like yep. all of those teams, 9 through 13, Spurs, Clippers, Grizzlies, T-Wolves, Mavericks, like, all of them could make the playoffs. I don't think they will, but they could. No. Um. So you just said that, that if Roberson was healthy by December and Russ is healthy all the way through, they could jump Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I have sort of a hot take. And I did say that we shouldn't go into seeds, but I will say this. I'm preparing myself uh, for a Denver takes the second seed. I, it wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise no, me at all. I, I, most people would look at that as a hot take, mm-hmm. and that's fair. But look at that team. Yeah. Look at that roster. Look at that that just the offensive volume that this team has. Mm-hmm. And also look at the fact that they, they have this offensive both potential and established volume at this young age. Like the, that's a young ball club. Yeah. They're only going to get better defensively mm-hmm. as they grow together and as the as the coaching staff like iron out kinks in their defensive schemes. Like that's that's great. Like the the foundation that they're building on is great. And I don't know. It was Zach Lowe had a recent piece. I don't remember. I don't remember where it was, but he mentioned like apparently Paul Millsap like kind of sat Jokic down toward the end of last season, and was basically like, "Look, we need you to be the leader. Like you, you need to assert yourself more as the leader of this team." And then when he right. did that, Jokic immediately went on like a massive tear. So if Jokic comes into the season. You know, with the mindset of like this is my team, and then Gary Harris comes in, and like as you said, they're both like Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are so young. You know, they they're only Mm -hmm. gonna get better. Isaiah Thomas comes into the season on a one year minimum deal, saying like this is my last chance to prove that I get, I deserve a big payday. Like that top six is legit. I mean. I wouldn't. Oh, and throw Trey Lyles in there, man! Like yeah. they have a, they have a starting caliber power forward just waiting for when Paul Millsap is done with his deal. Mm-hmm. And that, like, if Michael Porter Jr., if I had any confidence that he would play at all this year, I I would be even more on board with the Denver could get the two seed. I, like the for the small forward depth is a little bit concerning, but I mean, I, I think they could plug holes if need be. I think you can even play Gary oh, yeah. Harris there at times. Um, yeah. yeah. And Gomez as well. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't feel particular. I, I, like, I think the Warriors, I would lock in pretty confidently as the number one seed. Right. Barring, like, just drastic injuries. But I don't feel comfortable at all about, I mean, 
Like, I, I again, I think all the teams make the playoffs. The order, <laughs> crapshoot, man. It'll come down yep. to injuries, as it always does. Yep. Yep. All right. So for the East, again, I think this one, I feel a little bit better about the seeding than I do the West. Um, at least, like, I, I think with the East, you can divide teams into tiers pretty easily. So I think right now I have Boston number one, Toronto two, Milwaukee three, Philly four. All right. Indiana 5, Miami 6, and that's regardless of whether they trade for Jimmy Butler or not. Uh, Washington 7, Detroit 8. So basically, Cleveland out, Detroit in. Yep. Same same teams. Yeah. yeah I um, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think I'm, um, yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I think, like, Hawks are dead in the water. Knicks just aren't going to have Chris Stops enough. Orlando doesn't have a point guard. Bulls, I know they were like a sneaky, maybe they could make the playoffs team, but with marketing out, Zach Levine can't oh, yeah, no. play defense still. Jabari, that's already going poorly. Uh, right. Brooklyn could be frisky, but I just think they don't have, unless D'Angelo or Karis LeVert take that big step forward, I don't think they have like the top-end talent they'll need to make the playoffs. I mean... That said, like <laughs> the eight seed could be like a thirty-seven win team, so I'm not totally ruling them out. Um, Cleveland, ugh, I just you know I I don't know what this team is gonna be. Like I I know they want to stay in the playoff race. They don't want to take a major step back after LeBron left. I think they're better equipped to do it than they did the first time he left because you do still have Kevin Love and veterans, but. I mean, at a certain point, I think you realize, like, look, every contender is going to call me about Kyle Korver in late January or early February. I might as well get an asset for him, you know? So I I, I think Cleveland, they could make the playoffs, but I don't, you know, I think Detroit has an easier case. Um, I think think the eight seed really comes down to Detroit versus Charlotte. And then that one, it's just like, I, you know, I again, it's it comes down to top end talent for me. It's like you have Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. I think those guys will coexist well. I hope they do. I hope Reggie Jackson stays healthy. Um, you know, Charlotte. If Kemba goes down, they're boned. It's as easy as that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I think Detroit could withstand a Blake Griffin injury or withstand an Andre Drummond injury better than Charlotte could a Kemba Walker injury. So. I don't think either of those teams go above eight, but I think, you know, barring injuries elsewhere, um, and, you know, I think Boston and Toronto are clearly the two best teams in the East. The Philly thing, like, I, I just think people are too quick to anoint them based on last year, but, like, they were re- they were hovering around 500 for most of the season, and then they get Ilyasova and Bellinelli, they go on that 16-game win streak, like, they were in the like six, seven, eight range for much of the year, or even in danger of missing the playoffs. So I, I don't think mm. bumping them down from three to four or even to five, I just don't think people should be that upset about it if that happens. I don't, I don't think it's going right. to be like a major step back just because you have to reintegrate Markel Fultz, and that's like that should be the priority more than your playoff seed. You're not going to win the title this year. You need Markel Fultz to be that third guy, especially if you yep. don't land the star free agent next summer. Like, you know, that it's worth that short-term setback if you can get him back on course. And 
you know, <laughs> we have talked ad nauseum about how much I am high on the Bucks this year, and the Pacers too. Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Pacers jump the Sixers. Oh, they could. They could. Victor Oladipo is is just the engine that runs that entire machine. And now with Tyree coming off the bench, which you know, I agree with you. You mentioned earlier that that I had mentioned about <laughs> yeah. you know their their the ability of them playing together and like they had to learn each other's games because they're both so ball dominant. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like if if you know if they, their minutes are getting staggered, yeah. that changes the narrative a little bit. And that changes the way that they can complement each other because they'll still share court time, mm-hmm. but not as much necessarily. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Indiana, I am not, by no means low on Indiana when I, you know, when I talk oh, about yeah. Oladipo and Tyreek Evans. Like, I think it's going to work. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, finding their spots because I feel that when they attack, they attack from the exact same angles. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, that worked for LeBron and Dwayne Wade, too, in Miami. Those two were basically identical in the way that they attacked uh, and how they attacked defensive. Mm-hmm. So it can work. It's just a matter of communication. And from everything we hear, like Oladipo is just, you know, a very communicative, heavy person. Right. So we'll see. I mean, I I'm, I definitely think Indiana is, is a team that could surprise. And if Miles Turner, mm-hmm. like, suddenly decides to become really, really good mm-hmm. because he's got all the tools... Um, Absolutely. By the way, like if Miles Turner really comes on the scene this year, how many Turner versus Cat debates are we going to have oh, on Twitter? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, that's going to be bad. I mean, I, I hope so many. Yeah, I hope Miles Turner because like I've been saying it since he got drafted. Like he should be in that unicorn conversation too. He has the skill set, and like it, yeah. it does seem like you know whatever offseason work he did, like trying trying all this yoga stuff to improve his pliability. It seems like it's paying off. I hope it does. Um, I mean, while I was doing the East, the thing that stood out to me is like, look, there's still a gap between the East and the West, but a lot of that comes in like the 9 through 13 more than the top 8. Like, I, I think, especially if like Washington stays healthy, the top seven in the East are really good. Like, the first round playoffs of the East, aside from the 1-8 matchup, there is not a gimme in there. Like, especially no. the 4-5. My God, can you imagine the Sixers-Pacers first round series? Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. That's gonna. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, look. At least that beats the hell out of... <laughs> <laughs> Cavs-Pacers. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, but I mean, yeah. No, I can, I hear you. I hear you. You know, because like clearly the ninth and tenth best teams in the West, who I have as the Spurs and the Clippers, are better than the Hornets and the Cavs, the post-LeBron Cavs. Like I, I think that's well, obviously and that's where the gap is. And like you could make a case that the East probably has the three worst teams in the NBA in the Hawks, Knicks, and Magic. So I like, yeah, there there are a lot of more gimme games in the East than there are the West, but like. When we inevitably hear all the conversation about how the West is so lopsided and so much better than the East and how we need to rebalance conferences, just remember the top six, seven, even possibly eight teams in the East are all actually good teams. They'll be fun to watch. And the the Eastern Conference playoffs, we should not be dreading just because they don't have the Warriors. There there are some very good teams. I'd say the two biggest threats to the Warriors are in the East, in Boston and Toronto. 
Right. Having said that, it's still very much true that the West are just yeah ridiculously loaded compared to the East. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. think yeah, from like eight to twelve or eight to thirteen, it's that's right. where the gap is. But I'm not convinced that like the fifth best team in the West is significantly better than the fifth best team in the East. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah. the the talent up top is comparable. It's just like <laughs> go a little further down, and that's where yeah. the talent drain, especially with all of the superstars. But that matters, past. though. Yeah, I agree. But that matters. I mean, it, you you just lost so much talent right. overall. Like, just imagine if you take one, you know, one one superstar from the from the West, and place him on a currently non in the playoffs East team. Yeah. Like the entire face of the Eastern Conference would change. Whereas in the West, if you change teams there, it'd be like, eh. Yeah, that's true. Eh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, well, we're probably going to have it with Jimmy Butler joining Miami soon, but there, I have them in the playoffs already. Maybe they could just put Jimmy Butler back in Chicago. I heard that ended really well the last time. I mean, look, I would actually <laughs> begin to watch the Bulls to, with much more enthusiasm if that happened. Right. Because I love I love the way Jimmy acts. I know. I love it. I mean, oh yeah, I know he's a dick, yeah. but I'm hard work. I love the hard work angle. And you know, ironically, who would love Jimmy Butler in Chicago? Laurie Markinen and oh, Wendell Carter. Yeah, that's true. They would love it. They would love that thing. It's just Denzel Valentine who would have a problem <laughs> with it. But honestly, like, right? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? All right. Well, that was gonna wrap things up. The regular season starts Tuesday. We made it, or we almost made it through another off season. So we will be back soon thereafter to discuss actual basketball again. We're very excited. Uh, until then, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we're being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCast. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to go watch uh, Jon Stewart and uh, oh, uh, Dave Chappelle in in a, the Royal Arena, which is right, right next to where I live. So yeah. I'm going there in like 30 minutes, and I can't wait. Like John Stewart is a hero of mine. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Please enjoy. I, I can't wait. We we want a full review next episode. Oh, that reminds me. By the way, I went to see Venom the other day. Oh yeah. Don't go see Venom. Just, don't. Don't, yeah. don't, guys. Yeah. Hey, everyone out there, just listen to me. <laughs> I love you very, very much. I don't want anything to happen to you. I don't want you to to start hating movies forever. Sure. So, just, just don't, okay? Please <laughs> promise me. Oh no! Like, yeah, it's that yeah, bad. It's, it's. I feel so. A lot of people are like, oh, it's okay. Mm. No, 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 it's not. I, I would look. I could take the first twenty minutes of that film, okay. just cut it out, and show it to film students, and go, "This is how you don't start a film." Oh no! There was oh. no resemblance of a plot, Brian. Uh. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. No, no character arc. Nothing. And also that whoever the director is, I don't know. Um, decided he wanted to Michael Bay the whole thing up by making oh. these cuts so oh, quick. No. You, your eyes could not 
understand what was happening because the symbiotes were fighting together and it was like cut 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 like it was just it was a mess <laughs> that's just such a mess that's no oh good oh my lord that is like, no good no no you, you know you hate suicide squad that's fine compared to venom you would want to watch suicide squad every day that's how bad venom is wow all right well there you go listeners we just saved you 12 bucks so Go, you, yeah. you can go see A Star is Born, Cry Your Eyes Out. It's a brutal but really good, actually good movie. So go go see that instead. Uh, but otherwise, enjoy your last week in the basketball, or without basketball, for... Without basketball. Yeah, for the next eight months. I'm excited. I am too. I'm. I'm it's going to be interesting to see how I balance work and ball. Yeah. I, I have not tried that for a while, yep. so yeah. <laughs> Godspeed, my friend. Thank you so much. And and look, it went well. I didn't even have to call you a motherfucker. It's perfect, Brian. <laughs> there we go. The season is young. <laughs> one day. One day soon. All right. Take care, man. Later. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.